Well, good morning. Um, we're going to continue into our series, um, The Journey. And, and I'm excited about today, and I'll be honest with you, I'm probably going to be emotional today. I already am. Um, but but I, I love today's message. Um, I, I've already talked to several of you throughout the morning, and, and just different people that are going through different things in different places in life. And, and let me just say, I, I'm sure that in this room, there are some people who are feeling pretty stressed out. I'm sure there are some people who are feeling like, like they just don't know what to do. Maybe some of you are feeling excited about God's calling, but, but I believe that every one of us is on a journey. I believe that God wants to call every one of us to a journey, and just honestly, I'll tell you that this week, as I've prepared for today, um, over and over again, probably three or four times, I came to a point where I was having a conversation, or I was sending an email, or I was responding to somebody, or I was thinking, and I had to stop myself and think about what I was going to preach today. Because today we're talking about the fact that God provides we're talking about the fact that when God calls us, God provides for us. And I don't know where you are this morning. I know where a few of you are because I've talked to you. And I just want to say that there's good news today. God provides. God is with you. No matter if you're struggling and you're hurting or if you feel called and you're excited about what God's doing, God will provide so let me just pray for you real quick. Dear Lord, as we dive into your scriptures today, and, and as you open our hearts and minds, Lord, I just pray that you will give us the assurance. I pray that you would call us, you would continue to call us, and I pray that you would just give us the assurance that you provide for us. And so, Lord, I, I just pray today that each and every one of us, regardless of where we're at on this journey, will feel your presence with us today, will hear your, your voice, and that we will experience you and know that whatever it is you've called us to or wherever we're at, we have a God that loves us and provides for us. So I pray that you would just come personally to each and every one of us as you've come to me over and over again this week, Lord. Be with us today. Amen. Well, as I said, we're talking about the series The Journey, and, and what we're doing here is we're looking back through the story of the Israelites in the book of Exodus and around there, and, and we're looking at their journey, and, and we're paralleling that to where we are, both as a church and individually. And so I just, real quick, I'm, I'm, I know most of you have probably come to church for a long time, and you know all about this stuff, but in case there's anyone here that doesn't know um, about the journey that we're talking about, let me just explain it real quick. The Israelites were God's chosen people, and in the book of Exodus, which is the second book of the Bible, it's right up there at the front, we see this journey that the Israelites go on. Because the Israelites, God's chosen people, were stuck in Egypt. And they were in slavery and bondage to Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And life was difficult and life was not what God wanted it to be for them. And so God called them out of Egypt, called them out of slavery, called them out of bondage, and said, I'm going to take you to the promised land. 
And so just today, know that if I talk about Egypt or your Egypt or our Egypt, I'm talking about a place of bondage or struggle where we're not experiencing, we're not where God wants us to be. And God called the Israelites out and led them on a 40-year journey through the wilderness. But God was taking them to the promised land. And the, the promised land is described as a land flowing with milk and honey. And if you heard Pastor Bob, if you were here last week, then you heard him say that for him that would be um, cherry coke and barbecue chips. And for all of you that may be something different, but the, essentially what we're talking about is God called them out of a place of struggle, led them on a journey so that God could take them where they needed to go, the promised land, their own land, a, a place of freedom, a place of communion with God. And so as we talk about this today, if I talk about Egypt, I'm talking about the struggle, the place of bondage and slavery. And if I talk about your promised land, I'm talking about what God has for you, the place that God is calling you to. I'm not talking about a physical location. I'm talking about where God is leading. And so as we continue to work through the the series of the journey and as we look through the story of the Israelites, I want us to think about our own journey And think about what this means to us. And so Pastor shared last week, and I think if I could summarize his message, I think I was listening pretty good, and I've listened to it once again since then. And I think if I could summarize his message, it's this, that God is still calling. God is still calling. God is calling each and every one of us out of a place of selfishness, out of an Egypt where we're selfish and we're stuck and we're living lives that are not fulfilling and we're not where God wants us to be. And God is still calling each of us out onto a journey to what God has for us in the promised land. Pastor even got really, or I call him pastor, he's still our pastor, isn't he? I mean, we saw that last week. But, but pastor even talked about where we are on the journey as a church. And he talked about the fact that God is continuing to call and that right now God may be calling our next pastor. And, and, and he made it really personal. And so God is still calling And so I want you to think about today your part in this. Because if you're sitting in here, it's important for you to know that God continues to call. Whether that's out of a place of Egypt, whether that's to a place of leadership, whether that's to a deeper place, God continues to call. And so I want you to get real personal today. As we talk about God providing, as we talk about the journey, I want you to get really personal with yourself and think about where you're at on the journey. Where are you? Where has God called you? Has God called you? If God has called you, where are you at? Are you in the wilderness? Do you, what are you experiencing? And I want you to think about that journey. And I'll just say it again. i got really good news today. God provides That's where we're at today, and when you walk away from this service today, I want you to walk away remembering one thing, and that's that God provides. So let's jump into it. In Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 through 10, we see the beginning of this story with the Israelites. And the Lord is talking to Moses, and the Lord says this, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering.'" 
So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Okay, so that is God speaking to Moses. And what we see right away in Exodus chapter 3 is, is two callings. Okay, this is important today because I think all of us are in different places on our journey. And so the calling that we might be experiencing right now may be different for each and every one of us. But we see two kinds of callings here in Exodus chapter 3. The first is this. We see that God loves his people and sees their struggle and that God is calling them out of struggle and to the promised land. And so for us, for each and every one of us, as I said, God wants to call us out of struggle. God wants to call us out of a place where we feel like we're slaves and life is meaningless and we don't have fulfillment. And God wants to call us to a promised land. The second thing we see is that God is calling Moses in this moment. God is calling Moses to a place of leadership. But, but not just a place of leadership. God is calling Moses to something great, something huge. God is calling Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And so we see two kinds of calling right here. And so let me just start here. I want you to really think about this. Where are you at on the journey Where are you at on your journey? I would imagine that maybe there's some people here this morning that feel like you're still in Egypt. You feel like you're still struggling and you feel like life is is just not what it's supposed to be and and you, you you haven't felt God's calling out of the place of struggle and maybe there's just some people here today that would say, I'm in my own personal Egypt and I'm I just feel like I'm a robot that's going through the motions, and I feel like I'm, I, I just don't have what I need. If that's you today, I've got good news. God provides. Maybe some of you have felt that God has called you out of your Egypt, and you're on this journey, but, but maybe there's some people here this morning that feel like you're lost in the wilderness, Maybe you've felt God's call and you've come out of your own personal Egypt, but you're in a place where you just feel a struggle and you feel like you don't know what to do or where to go or where God's leading and and you're just kind of lost. The Israelites spent 40 years on a journey and there were lots of times where they felt lost and felt struggle. And maybe some of you here today are in that place that, that you feel like you're lost. You know God's called you, but you feel like you're in the wilderness. And then maybe, and and I hope this is where a lot of us are, maybe there's a lot of us that are in here this morning that know that God's called us out of Egypt, and we know we're on a journey, but God continues to call us to something deeper and deeper, a deeper relationship, a deeper understanding, peace. If that's you this morning, God provides. And, And just maybe, There are people in this sanctuary this morning that God, like he called Moses, wants to call you to something great, wants to call you to lead and to build the kingdom. And if that's you, I want you to know that God provides. 
And so regardless of where you are on your journey, here is our theme of the day. When God calls, God provides. And so I just want to, real quick, we're going to look through the story of the Israelites. This will save you a bunch of time reading, but honestly, you should go back and you should read the book of Exodus, and you should check this out. But I'm just going to give you kind of a quick survey of all the ways, and this probably isn't even all of them, but a lot of the ways that God provided for the Israelites when God called them out of Egypt. And so we're just going to work through it. I'm not going to read every scripture. I'm just going to talk with you about these different ways. But, but let's jump into it. So the first thing we see is what I said. God calls them out of Egypt. In chapter 3 there, God says, I've seen their struggle, and I've got something better for them. And so God calls them out. But there's a problem with that. Because Pharaoh and the Egyptians were very powerful people. And so when God calls the Israelites out of Egypt, it's not like they can just say, yeah, cool, we're gone, we're walking out. They're, they're in slavery. They're under control. And so what we see early in the book of Exodus is this miraculous, amazing work of God where God brings 12 plagues that release them from the Egyptians. Through this work, God brings these plagues and they, they op- they, they, finally Pharaoh allows them to leave. And so here's an important thing for you to understand right now. When God calls, it may seem impossible. When God calls, it may seem like there's no possible way that you can get to where God wants you to go. But when God calls, God makes a way. Sometimes miraculously. It was 10 plagues, wasn't it? Yeah, sorry, I'm an idiot. It was 10. Um, but ten plagues, my bad, uh, go read Exodus, because obviously I'm not credible, but, um, <laughs> but when God calls you, God makes a way, and what we see right off the bat with the Israelites is that God calls them out of Egypt, but God doesn't just say, yeah, you're on your own, God makes a way, and so then the second thing we see is that God protects them. In chapter 14, um, we see that, God, that Pharaoh has allowed the Egyptians to leave. Pharaoh's finally had enough and said, all right, get out of here. And the Egyptians are going, but we see that Pharaoh changes his mind. And the Egyptians decide, hey, we shouldn't let them go. And so they start chasing them. And what we see, we see this point in chapter 14 where the Israelites come to the Red Sea and they're stuck. And there's all this water in front of them, and they look back, and they see the enemy coming, and they're in big trouble. And once again, we see God do something miraculous, and he brings a wind and parts the waves, and the Israelites walk across on dry land. That's not something we've ever seen in our lifetime. At least if you have, that's cool. Tell me about it later. I'd like to use that in a sermon sometime. But that's not normal. And God parted the sea and let them go across. Later in chapter 15, we see that God says, if you will follow my commands, if you will follow my decrees and do what I ask you to do, I will protect you from disease, from sickness. And when we understand that a lot of people believe there were millions of Israelites on this journey from Egypt to the Promised Land, and we're talking about 40 years, think about the dangers. Think about the possibilities of sickness. And God says, I will protect you from disease. I think about this all the time. Our missionaries, 
um, the Radcliffs, the Garmans that we've had at the church, the um, Sam Tamayo and the Abishers, and all of these missionaries that go overseas to places, and all of the luxuries and health care and things that we enjoy, they don't have. When the Garmans went to Peru, the Garmans were missionaries in Peru for 30 plus years. When the Garmans went to Peru, they were living in the jungle. I, some of you have been there. I've been there. And I often wonder, how in the world do they make it? How can you go to a third world country or a place of wilderness and have none of the protection that we have today? And, and how do they make it? Because when God calls, God protects in chapter 17, we see the Amalekites come, and the Amalekites are, are about to overtake the Israelites, and they're their enemies. And what we see this cool story that God says, Moses, raise your hands. And when Moses raises his hands, the Israelites are winning the battle. But when his hands drop, the Amalekites start winning the battle. And so we see this really cool picture where people are holding Moses' hands up, and the Israelites are able to defeat their enemies. When God calls, God protects. And so I want to tell you some good news today. Day. When you feel like you're doomed, when you feel like there are enemies all around you, when God calls, God protects. The third thing that we see is that God provides for their necessities. In chapter 15, the Israelites need water. They've been called out of Egypt and they're journeying and they're thirsty. And they need water and they're at this place of water, but the water is not clean enough to drink. And God Moses, take this piece of wood and throw it in the water, and Moses throws it in, and the water becomes pure, and they can drink, and so God gives them water. In the next chapter, in chapter 16, we see that the Israelites are hungry, and they're complaining, and they're saying, at least in Egypt, we had food, and they're hungry, and they're on this journey, and God provides manna and quail. And this is a cool thing, that in the morning there would be manna and quail there for them to eat. That's not normal. There's not usually just food appearing on the ground for us. And it wasn't just one time. It says throughout their entire journey, God continued to daily provide food. In chapter 17, we see that they're thirsty again. You probably get thirsty pretty often when you're journeying through the wilderness. And we see that God says, Moses, strike that rock. And so Moses strikes the rock, and water comes out. And once again, God provides. And so God provides for the necessities of the Israelites. I've got good news for you. If God calls you, God's going to take care of your needs. You don't have to worry about it. We see that God equips the Israelites Right there at the beginning in chapter 3, we see God call Moses. But then through chapter 3 and 4, we see Moses have this dialogue with God where Moses is saying, I can't do it. I can't lead the way you ask me to lead because I don't have the voice. I don't have the ability to speak. I'm not, I'm not a good enough speaker to lead. And what we see is that God provides Aaron to take care of Moses and to equip Moses to do what God called Moses to do. In chapter 31, we see God give the Israelites really specific instructions of how to build a place of worship in the tabernacle. And there are these really intricate, I mean, chapters-long descriptions of exactly how it should look. And let's be honest, all of these people wandering through the desert, and God says, build me this immaculate place of worship. How's that going to happen? And God provides two men... I'm not even going to try to say their name because I don't even know how many plagues there are. But um, two men that are skilled workers that can accomplish exactly what God 
needs them to accomplish. And so when God calls the Israelites, God supplies them and equips them to take care of it. I've got good news for you this morning. If God is calling you to something, God will equip you to do what God's called you to do. God is with them on the journey. In chapter 33, we've seen this story unfold where the Israelites have struggled over and over again. And over and over again, they've come to bumps in the road and obstacles. And and it seems like every time they do, they start to doubt and they start to lose faith. And, And God starts to get really frustrated with the Israelites. And he says, you know what? Go. And Moses says, no, We need you, God. We can't go without you because we know that if we go without you, we've got nothing. And so God says, all right, I'll go with you. And the truth of the matter is, if you read the entire book of Exodus, you'll see that God was with the Israelites the entire time. For 40 years on a journey, God was with them. He was on the mountaintop speaking to them. He was in a cloud. He was in a pillar of fire. And God was continually with them. When God calls us, God is with us. You're not alone. And then God directs them. Late in the book of Exodus, we see that God gives them the law. God gives them specific instructions of how to build a place of worship. And and we see that God is leading them throughout this entire journey. God gives them direction of where to go. And we see that God is leading them to the promised land. If God calls you to something, God's not going to leave you to figure it out on your own. God's going to lead you. And so when God calls, God leads. And so we just talked about six different ways that God provided. And if you read that story, I mean, it's incredible to see the ways that God provided for the Israelites when God called them out of Egypt and led them to the promised land. God provides for them in every way that they need it. But what we see over and over again is what I just said, is that they struggle and they doubt. In fact, at one point, that Moses and God go up on a mountain and the Israelites start to worry about maybe they're not going to come back and they start to take matters into their own hands and they build their own God because they think we got to take care of ourselves. And over and over again in this story, the, the Israelites hit a bump or they start to worry and they doubt. Let me ask you a question. How, how is it possible to doubt God when God sent ten plagues? How is it possible to doubt a God that parted the Red Sea? How is it possible to doubt a God that provides manna and water for you over and over again? How did the Israelites continually doubt? Don't you think about that when you read these scriptures? How? God is literally every morning you wake up and there's food on the ground for you. Just not too long ago, God parted the sea and you walked across dry land in the Red Sea. How can you doubt after the plagues, after all of these things? But I told you at the beginning that I'm living this out right now. And I told you at the beginning that this week I've struggled. And over and over again this week, I've come to the place that the Israelites were, where I struggled. I'm anxious. I know that God's called me. I know that God has a plan. I know that God has a future. But I want to know. I'm not patient enough. And three or four times this week, I'd be having a conversation 
And I'd think, man, I'm looking a lot like the Israelites. I'm starting to doubt. I'm hitting little bumps in the road or I'm not, I'm not seeing the big picture and I'm starting to really doubt. And over and over again this week, I realized that the Israelites' situation is exactly my situation. I would imagine that most of you in here can relate with where I've been this week. I can imagine that most of us go through this where we've seen God work and we've seen God do cool things, but we still struggle and we still doubt and we still get anxious and we still want to know, like, God, I know you're going to do this, but tell me how. I want to know. I'm not seeing it. The struggle with the Israelites is the same struggle that we have today. That God has provided time and time again, but we falter and we doubt and we struggle. Listen, I grew up in a pastor's home. When I was two, my dad became a pastor. I spent my whole life in the church. I've seen God provide in every possible way that God can provide. I've seen God call people. I've seen God provide for people things showing up in ways that I could never imagine. I'll, I'll never forget when I was in college, I was in um, Millard Reed's class my senior year. Millard Reed was the president of Trevecca, and, and he's passed since then. But I'll never forget his story that when he was at Nashville First Church of the Nazarene, they were going to do a building project. And so he said he challenged his people to, and God called them to build something and he challenged his people to commit to give to that project. And he said, I'm not asking you to commit a certain amount of money. I'm asking you to commit something to this. And he told the story over and over again in our class of how somebody had nothing to give, but they would say, God, I'll tell you what, I make, I make uh, paintings. And if, you're, like, if, if I sell my paintings, I'll give what I've sold my paintings for to the church. And he told this story of how somebody who had never sold a painting in their life all of a sudden got a thriving business of selling paintings and was able to give far more to the church than they ever could have done on their own. And he told story after story of how God provided for these people and provided when God called. I've seen God provide. I've, seen, I've heard stories in my own family. I've seen places where we were in need and we had been called by God, but we didn't know how it was going to come. And, and God provided exactly what we and other people needed right when we needed it. I've seen God heal people. I've heard stories of miraculous healings that God has done and protection from diseases. I've seen God equip people, bringing just the right thing or just the right person at the right time to make the calling possible. I've seen God lead. I've felt this my whole life. I've grown up in the church my whole life and I've followed God my whole life and I've seen all of this, but it's so easy to struggle and doubt. And even with all that I've seen, this week, there were plenty of times where I was struggling, and I was saying, God, I want to know. I don't see it. And so the important question isn't today, why did the Israelites struggle? The important question isn't, why did they doubt? The important question is, why do we struggle? Why do we doubt? Why do we have anxiety? And so I just want to talk about that. I think there's three reasons 
that we struggle. We can all see ways that God has provided, but I think there's three reasons that we struggle to to believe and we lose faith and we doubt. And so the first is this. I think we lose perspective because we don't see the bigger picture. I think it's easy for us to lose perspective because we don't see the bigger picture. And so we talked about as the Israelites are walking on their journey, they hit these small speed bumps. And over and over again, we see the Israelites say, we had it better back there. This is the end of the world. And so I shared with you two weeks ago the story of how I made a nine on my systematic theology final. And that was a fourth or a fifth of my grade that year. And I walked into that classroom, and I took a test, and I made a nine, and I walked out, and I knew my life was over. I mean, it was all over. I was done. The, the world was going to end that day, and I went to my room, and I cried, because that's what I do. And, and I laid in my bed, and I just, all I could see was my failure, and all I could see was that nine, and all I could see was that I was done for. But honestly, if you take a step back from that moment... Even if I fail systematic theology my senior year of college, so what? I go back. I take it. Even if I fail that, life isn't over. It's not the end of the world. It's a bump on the road. And when I step back and look at it, I see God called me to ministry. God called me and led me out. How can I doubt because of a bump in the road? I think sometimes we doubt because we don't see the bigger picture. If God went to all the work to call you out of Egypt, if God went to all the work to deliver you and and provide for you, God's not going to let you fall short. God's got you. And so our problem is sometimes we only see what's in front of us. We only see what our eyes can see. And we miss the fact that God says, I know where I'm taking you. And this is a bump in the road. And where you're going is so much better than where you've been. And so sometimes we lose perspective. I read a really cool story this week about um, G.K. Chesterton, who was an author way back in the day. And it was a really cool story that he was out and he was, he was working on some art and he had chalks and he was painting or drawing a picture with chalk. And he got to the point where he ran out of white chalk. And he thought, oh, I have to have white chalk to to make this picture. It's a big part of it. And he started to get really upset and he started to get really nervous because he ran out of the one thing he needed most. And he was all upset and and getting frustrated. And then it said he just started laughing. And he just started laughing. And it said, do you know why he started laughing? Because the ground that he was standing on was limestone, nature's white chalk. And so all he could see was that he ran out of white chalk and he didn't have what he needed to do what he needed to do. And the whole time, he's standing on what he needs. Sometimes we doubt and we struggle because we don't see the bigger picture. We lose perspective. The second reason I think we struggle is because we forget what God has done. One of the themes of the Israelites' story is that over and over again they forget what God has done. And the biggest issue is they don't talk about it. They don't teach it. And so one of the things we see over and over again is parents don't teach their children what God has done. So God does miraculous things, but they don't talk about it. And the children grow up and forget all about it. And so we see this cycle where over and over again the Israelites struggle and doubt and fall because they don't remember what God has done. Let me be really 
real with you this morning. If you're a parent in the room, teach your children what God has done. Teach your children that God provides. Talk about what God's doing. This last week, I was sitting at my house and I was talking to my mom. And she told me this really cool story about how when they were in Texas, they did a building campaign and they pledged money to that church. But then, in the middle of that building campaign, God called them to another church. And so they had this dilemma of, do we leave that promise or, or do we give what we committed to give, what God called us to give? And she told me the story about how they honored that call that God had on them and gave that money even though they were going to another church. And she told the story about how a year or so later, they got money in the mail that matched the money they gave because when God calls, God provides. And at a place where they needed it because they had kids in college, God provided And this isn't about if you give, God's going to give you money. That's not what this is about. What this is about is that my mom took the time to talk about God providing. I'm 35 years old. I'm not a little kid anymore, but she's still teaching me every day that God provides. Parents, teach your children what God is doing. Talk about it with each other. Don't, Don't forget what God has done for us because God has always provided. Teach your children. And so how can we keep from forgetting? I can think of a few really good ways. Number one, read the story over and over again. I read the book of Exodus this week and read it over and over again. God has given us the story of his people and God has given us other stories since then of people that have gone before. Read it over and over again. When I'm struggling, the best thing I can do is go read Scripture because it puts it into perspective. It helps me see the bigger picture. Read it over and over again. Talk about it. I just said, teach your kids, but talk about it with each other. Talk about what God's doing and how God's provided. And then another thing that I think is huge, and this is something we're not really big into these days, but if you look at the Old Testament and you read through the Old Testament, one of the things the Israelites do is that when God does something amazing, they build an altar. And that altar becomes a visual representation of what God's done in their lives. And we don't do this a lot in this day, but we can. We don't have to put stones on the ground to to provide prove something you have social media you have the internet you have pen and paper you can write down you can do something that will show that God provides and will remind you I'm sure all of you have driven down a highway before and you've seen a marker on the side of the road that that is kind of an altar to where somebody has passed away and when I was in South Carolina one of my good friends Tony was my NYI president, and there was a moment where his son was driving down the road and got into a horrendous wreck, and he didn't die. He, he He was okay, and he walked away from it. And I'll never forget thinking, Tony, we should build an altar there. We don't have to just build altars when things go bad. We can build them when when things go good. And so build altars. Find a way to remind yourself over and over again. We can't forget what God has done. And then the third thing I think that we do is that we get in our own way. Sometimes we think we know better. Sometimes we're just impatient, like I said, I've been all week, and we want, we want to know. We want to know what God's doing. I have to know the plan so that I can... No, I don't. 
Or sometimes we think that our plan is good enough. The Israelites over and over again said, hey, we had it okay in Egypt. It wasn't so bad. And the truth is, yes, it was. Life was terrible. But sometimes when we struggle, we think we can do better. This is a quote from A.B. Simpson. It says this, Our God has boundless resources. The only limit is in us. Our asking, our thinking, and our praying are too small. Our expectations are too limited. Listen, this morning I told you I've got good news, and that's that God provides. And i got to tell you, we don't have to struggle like the Israelites struggled, where over and over again we hit bumps and we forget and we lose it and we think we're done. We don't have to be there because God provides. And so this morning, the good news is that no matter where you are, God's got you. This is another quote. This is from a guy you guys will all know, Billy Graham. And he says this, We can be certain that God will give us the strength and resources we need to live through any situation in life that he ordains. And this is the part, this, this just hits me every time. The will of God will not take us where the grace of God cannot sustain us. The will of God will not take us where the grace of God cannot sustain us. I know you guys love Pastor Bob. I know we loved our pastor, and I know things were good here. But sometimes God calls and God changes things. And I believe 100% that God is leading him and leading us. And when God calls us, God sustains us. God's got this. We don't have to worry. And so I want to ask you again this morning this. Where are you on your journey? Maybe Egypt, maybe lost in the wilderness, maybe God's taking you deeper and deeper. But the good news today is that when God calls, God provides. So listen to this. Maybe you feel like you're stuck in Egypt. Maybe you feel like you're a slave to something or you feel like you're totally missing it. God calls. Maybe you don't know how you can possibly do what God's called you to do. You don't see it. You say, I know you've got something, but there's no way that can happen. God equips. Maybe you feel lost. Maybe you don't know what to do or where to go. God guides. Maybe you feel like you've blown it way too many times. Like the Israelites where you struggle, and like I said this week where you struggle and you feel like you've blown it and you're done. God forgives. Maybe you don't know how you're going to make it day to day with your needs. You don't know how you're going to pay your bills. You don't know where your next meal is going to come from. You don't know how you're going to provide for your family. You're following God, but you just don't see it. God provides. And maybe you, maybe you feel like the enemies are all around you this morning. Maybe you feel like everything that could go wrong is going wrong and you're in big trouble. Maybe you feel like you're just right on the brink of being done. God protects. And maybe you feel like you're on your own today. And the best news of this whole thing is that when God calls us, God is with us. And so I'm going to leave you with this. It's where we started. When God calls you, God provides. Let's pray. 
Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. And I thank you for all these wonderful people that are here in this, in this room this morning. And Lord, we've come to worship you, but the truth is that we're all at different places. Some of us may be feeling great today. Some of us may be feeling you're calling us deeper and deeper. You're calling us to something great. And maybe some of us in the room feel like we're just struggling feel like we're in Egypt and feel like we just don't have what we need. Or we're feeling lost and we feel like we just don't see how it's all going to work out. God, I pray that you would come to each and every person in this sanctuary this morning. And I pray that you would show us and give us the assurance that you're going to provide. God, I pray for this church as we're in a time of transition that God, even though we don't see how it's all going to work out, you've got it. And so, Lord, I pray that we would all walk away from here this morning, knowing that you've called us, but knowing that you're with us and that you provide. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in thy name. Amen.